Hi, this is Zach Granite from the Minnesota Twins. You're listening to The Conversation with Tommy Weber. campus of St. John's University and the beautiful state-of-the-art studios, The Bolt. This is The Conversation with Tommy Weber. I am Tommy Weber. Leading us off today was Elvis, live from Hawaii, 1973, a concert viewed by over a billion people. That was before the internet, before there was any kind of access, before we were a very, very small world. Elvis led us off. Today, a great show. Happy New Year to everyone. It's our first show back, new semester. Very, very excited. Got a really special show today. A really dear friend of mine is on board, somebody I promised you that we would have. And before he takes off and goes to what would be, I guess, his first big league, as a big leaguer, spring training, my friend, former teammate, kid who played for us and won us a championship, Zach Granite. Zach, welcome aboard. Oh, thanks for having me, Tommy. Anything. Last year, I get one of the most satisfying calls you could ever get uh, when a friend of yours is playing, and that is the, uh, the call to the big leagues. Tell us about that, Zach. Uh, you know, it, it was... Um it was a hell of an experience. You know, I, I came into AAA. I started my last day of spring training. I got hurt. So I started um, the first month of the season on the disabled list with an oblique injury. Kind of, you know, just pulled it a little bit, and um, I was out the first month. And uh, That's discouraging. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was a mental, it was a mental check for me. Um, and I come back, and not really playing that well. It's the month of May, and, you know, still a little cold, and you know, I'm, I'm trying a little too hard because I missed a month, and you know, I'm and on you're the in 40. Rochester. I'm right? in Rochester. It's freezing. It's freezing. You know, it doesn't get. It's nice for about you know two weeks there, and <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> and, right. and then it gets cold again. Right, right. So, that helps you uh, hitting. Yeah. So it's um, I, you know, I started off cold, putting a little too much pressure on myself. I missed a month. Another, you know, couple teammates going up and down to the big leagues, and you know, that's that's, that's every kid's dream. Nobody ever grows up saying, "Oh, I can't wait to be a minor leaguer." So um, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, and. We had a team meeting at the end of May. We were struggling, faced some really good pitching. And uh, we were like, listen, boys, month of June starts a new month, new season for us. And, um, you know, it was kind of crazy. It just kind of hit me, and I was like, you know what? Who's your manager? Uh, Mike Quaddy. Okay. Um, And uh, we had Michael Kadire come in, talk to us, because we were in Norfolk. He lives right down there. And uh, that was June 1st. And uh, that month, I hit 480. And... uh, in a whole month. That's I like had, a wiffle ball month. It really is. It's, it, it was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, July July 7th, um, we got like nine guys. Nine got, We have 14 pitchers and 11 position players in the big leagues and in AAA. So we didn't have many position, you know, 22 position right. players. And um, it just so happened, you know, our manager comes to the, to the batting cage where we were and he goes, we got a lineup change. And I'm thinking to myself, how could there possibly be a lineup change? We only have nine guys. <laughs> you know, I'm, we're playing doubleheader after doubleheader because you don't play in the month of April. Right. Did somebody win a contest and he's got a hit? <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, like it, it was crazy. And he just looked at me and he goes, uh, adios. You're getting out of here. You're going to the big leagues. Wow. And um, I had all my teammates there around me and everyone was hugging me. And I teared up. You know, it's, Absolutely. that's, that's sure. the moment course, that everybody, everybody, you know, yep. everybody dreams about. And um Man, I remember getting on that plane. I talked to the guy. I like, what do you do? You know, <laughs> like, I'm a big league ball player. What do you do? So, um, you know, it, it was it was cool. I, I couldn't sleep at all that night. But uh, my whole family got to come out. Had about 14 people there. 
Um, it's, it's everything you dream about and better. That's great. That's great. I remember getting the text. It was really special. I appreciate that. And, uh, glad to be along for the ride so far. And it's going to be a a long uh, and good ride for you. I I know you have the makeup of a guy who could have a really long, successful major league career. You know, we, we talk, we've talked every year, obviously, uh, a number of times while you were, while you were playing, while you were away. And one of the things I, 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 that struck me is that we've really never gotten in the weeds about your mechanics. You know, and in an age where everybody is obsessed with mechanics, you've been a guy who um, likes to talk maybe about other guys' mechanics, but rarely about your own, and you love to feel what you're doing, whether it's in the field. Maybe it's because you naturally can run and you can field. You, as a hitter, very rarely do we ever get into anything too wonky about your swing. It's more about how you're feeling. Talk to us about that. Your swing is your swing. You know, I like. I, I actually heard a quote the other day: "Is thinking makes you slower." If you're thinking mechanics, that was me. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking mechanics, yep. you're slower at the plate. You're not thinking what you should be thinking. And at the end of the day, this game is so mental. You start thinking about the wrong thing, you're already lost before you even stepped in the batter's no, box. You're in a death spiral yeah. at that point. So for me, is when I'm going great, it's, all right, let's go. When I'm, when I'm struggling, it's find a way to compete. That's the only thing I think about. Find a way to help the team. If you start thinking mechanics, you're lost. You're lost in your own mind. And I think one of, the, one of the things that makes you so valuable to a ball club is that mindset. Because if I were managed, and I did manage you, uh, and if I were coaching you, that would be something that I would gravitate towards. I'd root for a guy who wanted to make it more organic and compete, as opposed to a guy who was always auditioning, who always needed to measure everything that he was doing, rather than saying, you know what, maybe there's an occasion where I just got to hit a ground ball to shortstop and drive in a run, or I just got to hit a fly ball. To me, that's a player as opposed to a guy who's always auditioning. And you grew up in an age where really everybody auditions. Showcasing has become oh, yeah. the uh, – talk to us about that. Well, um, you know, just going back to that, I know it's, it's probably not politically correct, but, um, you know, they say – I'm not politically correct. <laughs> they say good hitters are stupid because they don't. they don't think. Exactly. I mean, you look at some of these guys and, you know, even guys I played with thinking back and it's like that kid was a really good hitter because he didn't even care. You know, it's like one of those things where you kind of got to, like, relax. You know, it's like this is a tough sport. This is the toughest sport to play. It's the one sport where you, if you try harder, you're Other worse. than bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling's really tough. But it's, go ahead. it's like like baseball and golf. It's the one sport where if you try harder, you're going to be no good. Absolutely. You know? no it's question. like football, you, you work harder, right. you're going to be better. Basketball, you work harder, you're going to be better. Right. Baseball... It could be the total opposite. I know guys that never hit, they go into the games, and they're always hitting over 300. I know guys that work their tail off every single game, and they're hitting 230. So it's, you know, there's a fine line between working hard and, you know, doing the right things. I think nowadays these kids are working really hard. They are. But are they working hard at the right thing? Good point. It's a lot of busy work, as we, as I like to call it. It's eyewash. Absolutely. It's all these kids. I I even see it at, at Seton Hall. A lot of them are doing drills, and I'm like, why do you do that? Uh, it's, just what, what I, it's just what I do. It's interesting you say that because I love to ask the question, what are you doing? And it's amazing how many times a guy can't come up with an answer. Like if a guy's just taking fungos, like what are you doing? Well, I'm taking some ground balls. Yeah, but what are you doing? What are you really what doing? What are you working on? Exactly. What are you working on? What are you trying to accomplish You know, in this 20 minutes that you're going to be taking ground balls or this 20 minutes that you're going to be in the cage? And I think 
the absence of an answer to that does make it eyewash. It makes it like you're on the treadmill just getting a cardio workout as opposed to, hey, let me imagine there's a guy on third and I got to hit a fly ball here. What am I going to do? Because that's a real situation you're going to encounter in a game. You're not going to take 10 swings in a row from a guy underhanding you the ball in a baseball game. That's something that I, I totally agree with. These kids don't are are so organized because that's what Very. they've been brought up with. Now everybody has a hitting coach when they're 12 years old. <laughs> How could you have a hitting coach when you're 12? How do you learn the game of baseball from somebody else? That you're learning it from somebody else's point of view. You're never learning it from yourself. That's a great point. And you know, these, have you ever seen kids outside playing anymore? That don't no, happen. No, there's no more. No, no because why? Because he's got a hitting coach at 12 exactly, o'clock. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then he's got exactly. basketball practice with, with right. his shooting coach. And then he's got to go to karate, and yeah. then he's got <laughs> right. So it's it's the. I feel like nowadays the, the, everybody's learning from somebody else. Nobody's learning from themselves. Well, you really articulate that very well. Every conversation that we have always kind of makes its way back to this. In that, it's really more about feel. It's about context. It's about where where are you in a situation in a game, and I think. That's what makes a guy a valuable player. I mean, there are plenty. I mean, let's face it. There's no shortage of guys in the big leagues that can hit the ball 400 feet. Yeah. Uh, but how many guys know that when it's second and third and you got two strikes on you and there's nobody out, I just want to get a ball to second base, yep. drive in a run, move over run. Talk about that mentality at the big league level and how different that is from what you see, say, in college or at the amateur level. Well, it's funny. I just want to tell a quick story. I was working out yesterday, uh, two days ago, and a kid asked me, how do, how do I how do I get to the big leagues? I said, I said I, I don't I've never seen you play. You know how could I tell you that? He wants he said, a prescription. Well, so he, they don't they just want the end result. Right. They want that shortcut. Right. And hitting is there is no shortcut. There is no like the, he it was like going back to that second and third situation. It's a mental everything is a mental aspect in this game. Everybody can play where I'm at now. There everybody can hit. Everybody can defend. Right. There's a reason why you're in the big leagues. There's a reason why you're there. And you're going to stay. The reason why you're going to stay. Yeah, exactly. Getting there is one thing. Staying is, is another. Yeah, and that mentality of, of driving that runner in, I feel like in that college level, everybody knows their scouts there. Right. Everybody's trying everybody to be the man. Everybody wants to hit the, the high man. note. Right. Everybody's trying to be the man. One of the greatest quotes I've ever heard was from Doug Mankiewicz. He told me, don't try to be the guy. Be one of the guys. And that's something that's a lost art. And I think that's... I remember caught the last out, 2004 World Series, Red Sox, yes, ending did. the drought for the World Series. Yes, he did. And he was one of the, the, the best managers I've ever had, besides you, obviously. And uh, <laughs> 20 bucks, gra- <laughs> Zach Granite will say anything for $20. Oh, my God. But his, his mindset was something that I loved about him, and that's what he loved about me, and that's why we were so close when, we, when I played for him. Talk about that. Expound on that. He was, he's one of the guys that, you know, they, he came up with, with the Tory Hunters and all that. Right, right. So they, they, when they got to the big leagues, they got their ass kicked, but they knew eventually they were going to be good. Right. And it was something that, hey, you know, let's keep going. Let's keep grinding. Kind of like the Houston Astros now. They sucked. That was the same team that they, <laughs> when they came up. They, what they lose over hundred games? Don't say sucked. It's a bad word. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they weren't very good. They did suck. You're and, right. For a long time. And they were terrible. Now it, a lot of those core guys were on that team. Absolutely. That was was terrible. And now they're the World Series champions. So then, would you say that you need to be willing to pay the price with no guarantee of anything coming from it? I think that's somewhat of what one of the points you're trying to make is that. If all you're looking at is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you're probably never going to get there because you're not willing to kind of enjoy exactly. the journey that it takes to get to that pot of gold. Yeah. And a lot of guys just want the result without putting the work in. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that that's something that's that's huge. I mean, I, I remember when I was a freshman, I mean, at Seton Hall, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I had a goal. Like when I used to work by myself, I used to go to the cage every single night, work by myself, and I would just set a goal. I want to hit 50 balls to the back of the net. That's it. Once I was I done with that. that, once I was done with that, that was it. It was a game that I played with myself. I, me, the way I'm motivated is by games. I hate working out. There is no, oh, okay, you know, like getting stronger and all that. That's great. That's great. But guess what? That doesn't produce on the field. To what end? Is yeah, what exactly. Said, right? what, what is the end? Yeah, so me working out in the gym, I'm putting in hours and hours. I'm sweating my ass off. For what? what how is that getting me better on the baseball field? Yeah, I mean, it could get me, it could hit me, you know, another home run. But at the end of the day, is that going to keep me healthy? Working out makes you tighter, you know? So it's right. at the end of the day. There's a price you pay. I'm wor- I'm all the, this whole offseason, I worked on, you know, flexibility. You know, like it's kind of like that Tom Brady aspect. Yep. Guy's 40 years old, yep. still playing at the highest level yep. and playing the best football. What does he do? That's what I want to know. What does he do? I don't care. You know, m- me and somebody else's, me and, um, you know, Josh Donaldson, we're going to have different programs. Me and Miguel Sano, we're having different programs. Their job is to hit homers. That's it. Right. They don't have to run. Right. They don't, their, their job, they're one-dimensional they're one players. Dimension. One-trick ponies. Yeah. Yep. And that's why, for me, for me, the game of baseball is a lot tougher because I have to worry about three things. I have to worry about hitting, defense, base running. Right. You've got to cover more. I gotta cover a lot. Right. There is no there is no talking to the first baseman when I get a hit. Right. Oh, what's up, man? Right. Or they walk me on four straight pitches. No. That's when my game begins. Exactly. And that's why I feel like I, I got a lot more dangerous as a player as I got older. Because I was able to drive the ball. That was one thing that me and Doug back really up worked the outfielders. on. Because yeah, if if I back up the outfielders, guess what? Now I can hit it over your head. And I in have the area yep. in between you. Yep. And by the way, the field I'm, gets bigger for you. I'm the best small ball player in the world so that's my opinion right and if i now i have a bunt infield hit blooper ball over your head homer i have five tricks i could play absolutely and and really really well stated um i'm impressed because you're not that smart and uh, but (laughs) that's uh, true you're right about that I, i still can't believe it but your parents are teachers your brother's a teacher did your mother drop you or something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, you know, you, you touch on something really, really important, is that now that kind of stuff is getting demonized. People are condescending to the bunt. You can't bunt. Don't bunt. Never bunt. You know, stolen base. Oh, don't steal. Well, Dave Roberts had a stolen base, I think, in 2004, basically, against yeah. Mariana Rivera that helped to end the Red Sox. Decent situation right there, too. Exactly. And this notion about, well, the percentages are, and, well, the percentages don't really take into account the fact that when you steal 0-2 just to get the next hitter out of that at-bat, and you don't care if you get thrown out, you just want that guy to lead off again with two outs or any other circumstances, pitch outs and things like that. The bottom line is this. The stolen base is very valuable because it's always going to be a game of 90 feet. Yep. And it's a real estate game. You've got to get the next 90 feet and the next 90 feet and hopefully 360 feet at some point in time. So that is an – as people – talk to us about when you hear people demeaning the bunt, you know, the ground ball base hit up the middle and the stolen base. Well, it's just like anything else. You know, everybody loves the home run. Everybody wants homers, 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 homers. Right. You know, guy hits 40 home runs. He's the greatest player in the world. You know, you know, like, but when are those home runs coming? You know, he hits 40 home runs, but... 26 homers is one a week. Yeah. One a week. That's crazy. You play six days a week. And that's all they do is swing for it. <laughs> I know. So it's kind of crazy how everybody's so obsessed with it because it puts people in the stands. Right, absolutely. But at the end of the day, 
it's the little stuff that wins games. You could see the whole the whole regular season is homers. It's a lot of homers, a lot of homers, a lot of strikeouts. What happens in the postseason? It goes back to the small ball. Absolutely. Why? Right. That's, that's, that's how you wins. win games. That's a wins. You're right. Absolutely. You know, the, Absolutely. The regular season, I mean, look at basketball. LeBron James is, like, barely playing because he knows the regular season doesn't right. matter. Right. Once he's in the postseason, that team is right. going to be different. They flipped the switch. It, it flipped the switch. Yep, yep. You know, so it, I feel like when you need a win, small ball is where it's at. So it's real frustrating for a guy like I go up to the Cape. We have our, our, our you know, the Whitecaps again this year. Um and it's tough because it takes guys a couple of weeks to buy into, hey, you know, you got to be able to hit the ball the other way. You do need to be able to hit the ball on the ground once in a while because they are inundated with this message. You got to lift the ball. So now I got a 160 pound, you know, second baseman who runs really well, who's hitting four fly balls a night. Well, guess what? You know, you got If you can't hit it far, and now you're hitting it high. Well, you're 0 for 4 an awful lot. How do you how do you connect with a kid who has so much influence, so you know, so much at stake? He thinks, right, because he mm-hmm. wants to make the big leagues as badly as you do. H- how do you get to that kid? Well, for me, the big thing was I I was the opposite of that. I literally just wanted to hit the ball on the ground and right, run. Right. And um, I had Doug Menkevich. He said, "You will not make the big leagues playing like this." Right. And I think that was like. You know, that, you know, your whole life, you're never taught that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, Johnny, you know, you could be the next president of the United States. Right. Everybody's so optimistic. But right. at the end of the day, you know, there's only seven, uh, 750 right. baseball players right. in, in, that play in the major leagues. Right. So, you know, I feel like I needed to change something. And for, for a guy like that, man, it's launch angle, all that stuff, the spin rate, that's all BS, man. If you hit 300 every level you will play at, you will continue to move up. And if you continue to move up, you will eventually get to the big leagues. And I think people don't realize that it's all every, everybody. You can hit if you hit forty home runs, you can hit two thirty. Right. And I and I think that's that's BS because you're not helping the team. Right. And you, know? you strike it out a lot. You strike it out a lot. You're not, you're not doing your job. Right. And I don't understand why people are obsessed with that. Home runs are great. Uh, greatest feeling I had this year was when I hit a, my first homer in the big leagues. It was great. But at the end of the day, that's not my game. I will not be successful if I continue to do that. Cool story. Uh, sometime, I, I guess, when were you in Detroit? When were you in Detroit with the three-run homer? Um, that was August? September, September, yeah. right? It was after I got back from the game. So, after I, so by the way, Zach, Zach actually helped save my life a little bit because after we won in the Cape, it was really late, and I was driving home, and Zach and I were on the phone for about an hour and a half keeping me awake. Uh, I might have been texting some of that time. But, uh, <laughs> 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 Thank you very much. So anyway, uh, one night I get home. It's in September, and I turn the, the TV on, and it's late, and I see, um, I see Zach in, in Detroit, and he's sitting next to Joe Maurer. And, and so, you know, you've watched enough baseball games to know that if they're showing you, something happens. So you either did something really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> which which right. I've done. <laughs> right. Like I'm thinking, did he run from first to third via the pitcher's mound or something really good? So what could be really good? Well, they keep showing him next to Joe Maurer. So I'm thinking, man, did he hit a home run? He probably hit a home run. Not only did he hit a home run, but he hit a three-run homer. Not only did he hit a three-run homer, but he hit a three-run homer on a pitch that we talked about. Not Not – all that much earlier, right? We yeah, talked about cutting and, off and Yankees, and right? Yankees right. When I ca- cutting off that pitch that doesn't get to your back knee, and mm-hmm. you got to do damage on that pitch. So all of a sudden, I see a highlight, but I see Zach sprinting like he's flying around. The- <laughs> so I thought maybe he scored on a single from second base, and like his feet aren't touching the ground. But then he gets around third base. And the coach shakes his hand, and I'm like, "Something! This kid just hit a three-run homer." And sure enough, that was a three-run homer in Detroit. Talk about that pitch. Um, 
you know, it was, uh, that was, it was actually one of the craziest things. That inning, I went in to pinch run for Joe Maurer because um, we were, like, tied or down a run or whatever. Right. And uh, I came around, scored, and, you know, I was jacked up. All right, let's go play defense, win the game, go home. <laughs> but I end up coming up again, and um, I'm facing a lefty. I've never hit a home run off a lefty in my entire life. Um, and I got to two strikes, and it was one of those things where we talked about, you know, we got you can't miss that pitch. Right. You know, that was something that I feel like a lot of big leaguers, that's why they're in the big leagues. Absolutely. Because they do not miss that right, pitch. Right, Because you only get one of them. You only get one of them. Right. And, you know, it, it's it's a tough level. And, um, you know, I was battling this guy, got the two strikes. I'm battling, battling, battling. And then he he made a mistake. He got, I guess he got a little tired and I didn't miss it. It was, um, you know, up and in fastball. Um, and, you know, I turned on it perfectly and... Um, it, it cleared the fence, and uh, I think I was I was literally hitting hitting second base, and uh, I had to uh, turn my head just to make sure because the ball didn't land yet. But uh, it, it was one of those things where you know I hit it, and it it, it was a really good feeling, you know, scoring. Well, you runs. did something also in that in that at bat after you hit that ball that's encouraging, and that more guys should really watch is that you thought triple out of the box mm-hmm. because you don't know that the ball is going to go out, and you see. Uh, all too, all too often, guys watch and then run, and that's why I don't think there are a lot of triples in the in the big leagues anymore. The ballparks are a lot smaller than they were 50 years ago, but also guys kind of take double for granted yeah, and oh yeah. don't run. They well, watch. It. Well, think about it. If if you have zero triples or one triple, but you have 19 doubles instead of 20, everybody's always going to slow up to. Everybody's always upset. People say they're not; they don't care about their stats. Everybody cares about their Absolutely. stats. It's right. just one of those things. Baseball's right. a stat-oriented sport. Yep. Yep. You should yep. care about your stats no because question. that's who you are, and that's also how you get paid. And that's how you get. Yeah, exactly. you do get paid. There's yeah. a practical aspect to it, and you that's know? fine. That's all good. So you know, if Josh Donaldson has you know, thirty homers and, and twenty-five doubles, or he has thirty homers, twenty-three doubles, and two triples, oh you're not putting that stat in. It's right. all about the perspective. You know, people see, oh, he hit 25 doubles and right. 30 homers. This guy's right. a stud. You know, that's, that's what a guy from the South Shore, Staten Island, yeah. sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you default to that. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> um, a couple of cool things. Tell us about the. You, you leave on Saturday, right? Yes. Right, you go down on Saturday. You got a place, right? You're yep. a big leaguer now. You're, yep. you're not staying in any dormitory. That's no, for sure. no, 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 no. No, you're kidding. That's beneath you. Uh, yep. <laughs> Too good for that. <laughs> your mother will be down making galamad yeah, and, yeah. and scuttle Rab- and beans before you know it. Raviolis and meatballs, <laughs> chicken cutlets. Yeah, you're so big league. You're so independent. Ma, <laughs> uh, where's my meatloaf? Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us about uh, the big league spring training day. What is that What is that day? Take us through a day. Um, so pretty much uh, last year was my first big league camp. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in the morning you show up about 7 Six thirty, seven o'clock. I get my Starbucks with me all the time. Got to go to Starbucks first. <laughs> you guys pay eight dollars for your macchiato, <laughs> ice coffee. I just go ice right. coffee. Okay. So I show up. Uh, we eat, and then uh, we got a couple chefs in there. It's very nice. And um, Isaiah's got them on his, in his house too. He's oh, got nice. two chefs. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Right, Isaiah? You have two <laughs> or one? Uh, one. Okay, all right. You fired the other guy. <laughs> so I'll go, and then. Um, we have you, you. You have to either work out or hit in the cage. You know, so it's kind of like your, your own program in the morning. So you know, you sh- you know, people get get on you if you're not in the workout. You know, you're not working out. Uh, but then you got guys like in the cage, like Tori Hunter, Tony Oliva, working with guys. Oh, that's so rough. That's a, I was never in the weight room. I was always, <laughs> I was always uh, you know trying to learn something because Absolutely. you know sure sure you know that that's how you get hits is right. you know you learn. So um, eight o'clock would come around and Molly would have his meeting, Paul Molitor, and uh, we'd go through the day, kind of either if we were doing 
defensive drills, hitting on the field, you know, first and third situations like that. Uh, he'll go over that, and then we'll kind of break and go through it. And then um, once we start playing games, that'll happen till about, you know, we'll go through that for every single morning. We'll have right. practice, uh, and then we'll play the game and, and then go home. You know, it's very um, on the laid-back side. Sure, you know, absolutely. It's big leagues. You know, guys yeah. aren't going full speed and uh, during practice because, you know, they got to save up for the game. It's no a question. long season. It's right. grind. But um, it's a lot of fun, you know. I, everyone always asks me, oh, you know, who's mean on the team? Who, who, you know, who's a bad guy? Why would people like, ask that? I, I never understood I don't, that I don't question. Understand it Some at guy all. said that to me. You know, ask Granite, who's the biggest moron? Like, why would I? Who cares? Yeah, like, I want to know who the good. Like, who's yeah. your who's your pal? You know, I, I, I'm honestly everybody's great. One one person that I'm I'm pretty close with now is Dozier. Me and Brian but, Dozier are, are uh, we text a lot, you know, because. He's, uh, we did like the fan. I did the fantasy football league with the right, guys, and right. that, that was great for me. It was a great way to you know get in touch with to a lot bond of the guys, with everybody, bond yeah. with everybody. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. And it, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it's it's these guys are are adults. You know, playing we're playing a kid's game. You, know? you don't see yourself as an adult yet. No, I'm a you kid. You're I'm a hundred percent. I don't I don't do anything for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's done for me. All I have to do is play baseball. Oh God! So it's it's no, I'm 100 percent a kid, and if anybody, you know, it's I, I don't do anything. I, you know, I'm I'm a very spoiled. I'm a Staten Island <laughs> kid. What, I mean, what do you want me to say? I mean, that's just you know Sunday. No, my you mom are. cooks Absolutely. everything. And, no question. Yeah, right. But you know what? I I know right now the only thing I care about is baseball. Like that's my thing. You know, that's all I have to do. I have a great life. You know, it's that's your living, man. Yeah, and, and and that's exactly what you should be doing. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna be back with Zach after. One thing I'd like you to take a look at, hashtag 4Mom. Braden Bishop and Hunter Bishop. Hunter played for us in the Cape this year. He's a center fielder at Arizona State. Braden Bishop is a top prospect in the Seattle Mariners organization. Established the 4Mom charity, which is a fight for awareness and against Alzheimer's as the Bishops battle uh, Alzheimer's right now. Uh, Braden and Hunter's mom is suffering from that terrible disease. So, Hunter, uh, you're never far from our thoughts and prayers. Just check it out. Go online. Say hello. Give some support. We are back with Major League outfielder, Minnesota Twins, Zach Granite. Um, getting a lot of covering a lot of good ground here. Um, you know, so much of uh, what we always circle back to seems to be your ability to uh, adapt and kind of uh, negotiate your way peacefully through uh, what has not always been an easy road for you. You know, you got injured in the minor leagues, right? You missed yeah. basically a whole season. Yeah, I right? mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. You know, people but you've always had your eye on the prize, and that's something that's really been distinctly different about you. And I'll tell you another thing. Um, I, I think you had an advantage in that, and I say this about a lot of really good players that have had the, the, the privilege of being around, is that your parents weren't lunatics. <laughs> Talk about that. Seriously, come on. Yeah, All right. I mean, I mean my, my parents... Um, you know, my dad's never ran like a mile in his life. So, <laughs> he, he, like, they weren't very athletic. They, they, it was all because of my crazy older brother is why that we're into sports. My parents weren't into sports before this, before my brother was born. And uh, he just, you know, he fell in love with, with sports and, you know, just kind of, I kind of just came along with it. And, um, you know, my, my dad 
was always he would always like not play me down. You know, he always talked me up to other people. But when it was just me and him talking, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, it was cool. You know, I had a good game. He'd be like, yeah, you did all right. You know, it was right. one of those things where, you know, he wasn't going, you know, telling everybody how great I was. And I think that really helped me out. Yeah, I, 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 that was something that was really distinctly uh, obvious to me. As a matter of fact, you know, if you look at a lot of guys that played with us in 2011, that except for a couple, which will go nameless, that we both know very well, um, you know, y- you didn't have lunatic parents around. And, and I really believe that one of the reasons why uh, you have a healthy self-esteem with respect to baseball uh, is because you did so much on your own. You know, you went to Seton Hall basically on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you had, you know, advisors and agents. Nope. Uh, no, nobody. You went out to uh, the Northwoods League basically on your own. Yep. Um, you know, and, and when the call came in the draft, I, I, I really felt confident that you were going to you can't predict if somebody's going to make the major leagues. I mean, that's impossible. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, unless it's, it's Ken Griffey hard. Jr. Yeah. Let's face Bryce it. Bryce Harper, mean, a guy like so that. So much yeah. has to go right, especially beginning with you have to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and that you don't always have control over. Yeah, you know, some exactly. guys just get hurt, as you, as you experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I, I was really confident about you doing well uh, was that you had high self-esteem as a player. And I keep getting back to the self-esteem issue with the modern-day player because – Nobody's ever let them do anything on their own. And the first thing I tell guys is, listen, I'm giving the game back to you. You know, you're on your own. Just, you know, make a mistake, have at it, you know, get thrown out. You you could never be a great base dealer without getting thrown out. Talk about the need to have a guy that you play for who trusts you, like a Paul Molitor or a Doug Mankiewicz, those kinds of guys, how they influenced you and how they trusted you as a player. Well, uh, for me, the the worst thing I think you could do for a base runner is – uh, not give them the green light, you know, have them run when you want them to run. I think a lot of these coaching, these these coaching staffs, they, oh, you know, you're on me. You know, right. every, they like to run the program. A lot of these colleges, that's how it's just, that's right. how it is. Um, and uh, I've Very had, controlling. Yes, it is a very controlling sport. You know, they have all the power. Like the college, the right. college coaches have all the power. Right. You know, right. they we're bunting like crazy. You'd have the hottest hitter up in the world. Right. Nope, he's got a bunting. Right. You know, right. but, um, you know, I, I've been privileged and, and uh, that I've worked with some amazing coaches uh, that always kind of gave me the green light. You know, and then it started, you know, I stole 56 bases. The year before that, I stole 15, 20 right. bases. You know, it, honestly, it was honest. It was just because, go, I want you to run every single time you get on because that was the type of team I was on. He, We, we didn't have great hitting that year. Right. So it was, we have to create runs. And he was the most aggressive manager I've ever played for right. Doug Mankiewicz. Absolutely. And, you know, he was like, I need you to run. So when you think you can go and you think you have it, you go. And when you have confidence and when you've stolen a lot in a row and you're in situations where he's quick to the plate but I can still get this, you know, you, you kind of go, you get ballsy. And sometimes I got thrown out and sometimes he got pissed at me. But at the same time, I was learning. Right. You know, I was on myself. It was, I, w- I was 56 for 70, which uh, comes out to about 80%. I mean, I that that's pretty pretty good. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take right. that. You know, right. fifty six bases and right. you know when 80% you're when you're stealing, you it's great. The best part about stolen bases is baseball is a weird sport. You cannot steal a base if it's not an important situation. Right. It's a four run game. Context. That's the most you can steal. Right. Any time the game's out of hand, you cannot run. Right. That's why stolen bases is such. I think a key a key. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. To the game. It's also a weapon that you don't have to hit. 
Exactly. You don't have to hit to gain a base. How could yeah. it not be? A, how could it not be an important weapon? Yeah. Exactly. Hitting is the hardest part of the game, right? It's, it's, yeah. Let's face it. Hitting is really hard. To get a hit is hard. Thirty percent of the time, you make the Hall of Fame. We've heard that a thousand times. How could you tell me that stealing a base is not critical when you don't have to get a hit? You could put a guy in scoring position and now score that run without getting a hit. Yeah. Two ground balls score the run. Yep. Exactly. Especially early on in that game. Right. You know, if if let's say an error gets you on, you steal second. Ground ball gets you over. Now man on third with. Probably your best hitter up without a hit, you know? That's, That's what I'm crazy. saying. Especially, and like you said, early in the game, get the lead, build on the lead, yep. add on. Add on. Now all of a sudden it's 4-2, 5-2, you shrink the game. The stolen base, those kinds of plays, those nuanced plays are so important and nobody has learned. As a matter of fact, they're, it's almost as if, you know, they're being outlawed. You know, you're being laughed at if you like to bunt or if you like to steal. And at the end of the day... One of the things that you keep coming back to is it's about the results. It's yeah. not about what it looks like. Yeah. The, the name of the game is scoring more runs than the other there team. There you go. How could you do that? How do you do that? Any way you can. So if you're, wor- if you're like, even even the Yankees, they, sur- they survived a lot on the home run. They relied on it. They didn't win the World Series. Exactly. You know? Right. So, you know, I— they they played a really good team in, in Houston, but Houston did a little bit of everything, Yep, I thought. Absolutely. Or they at least had it in their arsenal. Yes. They could do it yes. if they needed to, mm-hmm. whereas the Yankees couldn't do it. Yeah. They're more of a one-trick pony kind of club. They're going to strike out a lot. And when you start to face the ace, you know, as you know, yeah, the games in June are not the same hard. as the games no. in October. They're no. just not. Yeah. You know, you're kind of not going through the motions, but you've got to pace yourself. Yep. That's why when, when fans go to games and they say, oh, he's not running 100%. Listen. Yeah. I, I, that's something that I, I've kind of realized, too, now is I remember a big thing was Robinson Cano. Never, you know, he gets out. He's never running. Well, that guy's getting paid a lot of money to hit. Absolutely. And to play defense. And to he play great defense. He's not getting paid to sprint down the line when a ground ball to second base. And I think that's something that, you right. know, Fans need to start realizing, but it's different. He's getting paid a lot of money to hit. You know, Johnny, that's trying to make his way up, he has to run. He's at a different place. He's at a different place. When you're an established big leaguer, you get to do whatever you want. Right. Me, if I ground out the second, I better be under four seconds down the line. Right. So, right. you know. And if you hit a fly ball, you better be standing on second base yeah, when exactly, it's caught. Exactly. Exactly. So, it, you know, every every situation is different. I remember just talking about situations. Joe Maurer t- asked me when I starts to hit, start to hit in the offseason during the season, and he goes, you know, I, I don't hit to the last day. He goes, but our situations are totally different. He goes, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but, you know, I'm coming in. Right. You know, I, we, take, we take way too many swings as is. I don't want to put my body through that if I don't need to. You know, and he's going into spring training, you know, one of his probably last years in his contract. So, you know, he needs to be healthy, be able to play as many games as possible. Me, I'm going for a spot. Right. I start hitting in January. Right, absolutely. You know, so it, it, they are, every situation is different. That's why I don't like when people ask me, oh, what's, what's your route? Like, what, what helped you get there? Well, what helped me get there might not help you get there. So it, it, you've got to really kind of figure out who you are as a player. Right, and, take an inventory of yourself yeah. and know what your assets are. And don't try to be, you can only be what? A bad somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You I could remember be you a, telling me right, that. Right, you could be... I remember I was I can remember where I was. I was in my office walking around with the phone and I was like, you know, okay, you know what? You know what I'm hearing here, Zach? You can only be a bad Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. Cabrera. Right? Yep, right? I remember that. But you could be a really good you could be the best Zach Granite that there is. Yeah. So concentrate on being the best Zach Granite that there is. And and I think a lot of that has to do with context. You know, you keep pointing to context, context, context. You're not Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer is a very, very rich 
wonderful player, might make the Hall of Fame, MVP, batting title. All he wants to do is be ready to go on day one and hopefully ready to go when you make the playoffs in mm-hmm. October. That's it. Whereas you, you know, you want to open more eyes. You want to imp- there's a lot of yeah. there's there's not a lot of improvement left for Joe Mauer. No, yeah, he just wants to be his, what he yeah, is. Exactly. All right. You're looking to still improve and hone parts of your game that you may not like yep. and, and, and make the parts of your game that are good even better. Uh craziest fan thing that has happened since you made the big leagues ticket requests guy knocking on your door wants to have a catch you know oh my god (laughs) (laughs) as you know um i actually uh, i mean that's the craziest thing it's been too many situations the ticket thing always gets me uh people don't realize you know in the minor leagues tickets are free uh you know i had i had um a family friend reach out to me for his friend. So if I could leave tickets for my family friend's friend. Oh, there you go. Six tickets. You can't do that? I mean, you know, if you want to spend $600 on tickets, that's your chance. <laughs> for, for your friend, that's fine. Oh. But, you know, we pay for tickets. And, you know, obviously friends and family, right. I am 100%. Right. You know, I get it. Right. You know, right. it's, it's But when you start reaching out to me about somebody that you know, that wants tickets. Boy. If you can get six, That's that'd be great. But I, people don't realize that. I, I don't think that they even you know know that you know we pay for these tickets. You know I, I'm paying for my family to go to those right, games, right? Right. But I, because I don't want my family and friends paying for tickets. You right. know I, I do that. You know. Absolutely. But uh, I had one of my neighbors this this past year. You're gonna like this. He, uh, you know, my dad's talking to him, walking the dog. So he's like, off oh, season. Off season. This is the off season. Oh, well, as soon as I got home, probably a week later. Oh, whose car is this? Oh, it's my son. You know, he just got back from baseball. He played for the Minnesota Twins. Oh, very nice. And he goes, how much money does he make? <laughs> what? <laughs> First of all, that's a personal question. No. You know, and, uh, Should be part of the public record. So he go- goes back in. Guy was a little a little weird. And uh, we're eating dinner. And all of a sudden, the doorbell rings. And it's his wife. And my mom answers it. You know, and she's like, the, the wife goes, when your son's done eating dinner... <laughs> Can he come over and meet my husband? <laughs> he wants to talk is to that him the for voice? a little bit. Is that the voice? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the Southeast Anadale voice? And uh, my mom was like, we're eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can't do that. So, you know, it, it's just pe- people. Uh, the license that people it, take. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy what people think they can get away with once, you know, you, 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 be, you know, become a little bit of a, of, of a somebody. Um, and also, you know, we've talked about this, I, and I, I've, I've actually said this to you. You know, you gotta, you gotta draw. Every good relationship has line. boundaries, yep. man. Yep. And you gotta, you know, it's, it's not easy, and it's not fun to do, but it's, it's really important because you have a job to do, and that's yeah. really what you have to focus on. Not everybody and their brother and their uncle yeah, coming to you for something, because the next thing you know, you know, it'll be. Uh, Can you tell Molly that I want to have a try? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be at the stadium. Yeah. One day I'm going to come to the stadium in like those blue throwback twins uniforms and <laughs> just run out on the field. Take, take some batting <laughs> I'm gonna take some. Come on, let's go. Throw it over. Yeah. Let's go. But it is – that's the crazy part is like once you make it, you, your phone just starts blowing I'm up. I'm sure. It's just people coming out of the woodworks. Hey, can I get tickets? You know, like, oh, I'm going to be in town. You think you could throw me three tickets? <laughs> Dude, you know, <laughs> I haven't spoken to you in four years. Right, exactly, exactly. You know. I remember you from the second grade. Yeah, dude, like people, people, I mean, I get it, it you know, listen, but at the same time. It's an occupational hazard and it's something that, as we've talked before, you're more than, you're more than willing to, to deal with it when mm-hmm. you have to. But it does make for some really funny stories. Oh, it does. It yeah. really does. It really does. So off to spring training on, uh, uh, oh, by the way, best 
Best clubhouse food? Yankees. Really? How, how good? How good? They got about four chefs in there. Oh, my God. It's steak and lobster every single day. Oh my God. They got a nice nice uh, dessert table with, like, cannolis no, and the really? cake and whatever you want. You know, you, like, you finish eating, there's a guy there taking your plate already. Really? Mm-hmm. It's good. But every every stadium is every stadium is high quality. The Yankees do it over the top. What's your least favorite city? Um, I would say, you know, I— from from what I what I've came every state every stadium is gorgeous but um for me the most annoying was Detroit because we don't we stay forty five minutes away oh really yeah not staying in Detroit <laughs> so <laughs> so we would we would stay yeah, that's politically correct way to go stay, <laughs> we this will be the last <laughs> podcast <laughs> oh well we went out on top we would stay you know about forty five minutes away and um it was it was the last uh the last regular season games for them. So nobody was there. You know, the Detroit Lions were playing well. Oh, God, yeah. And the stadium, you know, they were terrible. So, you know, they were giving you, like, right. bottom-end food. You know, so that was, right. like, I think it might have just been a bad, you know, right. time. Right, right. But um, every, every stadium, honestly, is gorgeous. Favorite city other than Minnesota and New York, your hometown? L.A. I thought L.A. was L.A. Angels. Cool. No, L.A. Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers. We played the Dodgers. Didn't, we didn't play the Angels. We okay. played the Dodgers. And uh, What did you love about that? Just the, the town? atmosphere, and the atmosphere in the town. You know, you're, we stayed right next to the Staples Center. Really? So you know, it's cool. You know, seeing some some cool people. Is it as laid back as it looks? R- Chavez Ravine yes. when you got there. Um, like the, the crowd is the crowd is like cool and laid they, back. They uh, are. That crowd was awesome. We really? played them when they were on fire. Um, like I said, it was probably just a really good time. But it was like I was playing center. I played all three games in, in center field. And it was like a party out there. You know, they're having fun. You see the beach ball going. Nobody getting on you. No, I mean, you know, you're going to have your but you're going to have your occasional. But yeah, less it was mean. all in fun. Right. <laughs> right. It was all, right. my, my mother was mentioned less. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, right. uh, I get it. You I get know, it. <laughs> so um, but the, that was really cool. The atmosphere there was was really cool. Um, I liked, like I said, you know, you really couldn't find a bad place. You know, you're at the top top Absolutely. level of, of top sport. of the food chain. So it's yep. It, yep. It, it's some really cool places and some, you know, you get your occasion, uh, your occasional fan that's you know lunatic. you get a uh, lunatic, but right. uh, you know, I'm from you know I'm from New York. Let's so go. I'm, I'm kind of used. Right. To that. <laughs> right. I'm used to that at the you deli. Make one so. phone call. You make one phone call. That guy's never heard from again. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, but like I said, you know, it's I thought L.A. was probably the coolest. Great. Well, this is no different than any number of conversations that we've had, whether it be over dinner or on the phone during the season. And uh, I'm grateful for you to be here. Uh, more as more than as a player and as a Minnesota twin, uh, the best thing about it is that you're a very, very dear friend, and I love you. And I'm really looking forward to you having a great, healthy season this year, my friend. Yeah, thank you. I All appreciate right. it. Right. Lo- love you, too. And uh, so that's going to be a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. For everyone, Isaiah, Zach, and me. We are out of here. We will see you next time on The Conversation.